Hello there, and welcome to the JCR, a Massey podcast where people and ideas intersect. My name is Giancarlo DeRay. I'm a junior fellow at Massey College and a candidate in the Master of Global Affairs program at the University of Toronto's Monk School. I'm fortunate enough to be joined today by Rob Pritchard, who holds many titles, uh, one of them being the visitor of Massey College. Rob, thank you very much for being here today. My great pleasure, Giancarlo. Thank you for doing this. There are a lot of questions uh, about how we build leaders in society. I wanted to talk to you today about universities, their role in society, um, probably more specifically with Toronto, as that's uh, more of your experience, um, because many of tomorrow's leaders are today's students. Um, you were the president of the University of Toronto from 1990 to 2000. You were chair of the COU. In your opinion, what has changed about the role of universities in society, just from what you've seen? Thank you for having me to talk about this and to stress to our listeners, this is unrehearsed. So we're going to explore it together and I want you to push back and offer, offer your own view. My first reaction to your question is to say not much. Um, why do I say not much in terms of what's changed? Uh, because, you know, universities and the church are the great lasting institutions in our society. We've been around a long time um, uh, globally. Uh, University of Toronto is coming up to its 200th anniversary. And it's a very different place in some respects than it was 200 years ago. It was a very small place um, in its founding, didn't really exist for the first 20 odd years of its after its founding. Um, and then it was very small until the 1950s. Um, it's now uh, the largest of the major research universities in North America, measured by students, it's the lar it's the it's the largest, with seventy thousand uh, with seventy thousand students. So in that sense, a lot has changed. It's gone from one campus to three campuses. Uh, we got the old campus, the new campus. It's like so. It's in all those respects, it's changed huge, hugely, uh, uh, extraordinarily. But in terms of purpose, fundamentally. I'm not sure it's changed much at all. Everybody would like to change it. Everybody wants to be prepare people for the job market or prepare for prepare innovations that can be commercialized and all all these I just need aside. But the timeless, the timeless purpose of giving people a chance to get educated, to explore, to learn, to follow their curiosity, to, to strengthen their minds, to to be a place of engagement, you know, th th this is the timeless purpose, right? It, it, for students and then with the faculty and the fundamental freedoms of the university, which are unique to universities. These are things that one way or another for hundreds and hundred years and part of the challenge is to preserve those, preserve the things that haven't changed and shouldn't change when it's often under attack. There's off, you know, a lot of people have different views about it and the core is it's just so important to preserve it the way it is because in my view there's no more important institution in society there's no more there's no greater vehicle for people finding their full possibilities for exploring their full potential for becoming what they dream of being to help people realize those dreams uh, to be a, a social escalator a socioeconomic escalator for being all, all the wonderful things the university does um, are so important um, to 
just so fundamentally important to the society we want uh, of developing citizens to be informed, engaged citizens, able to contribute each in our own our own way. So. I don't think that's all that different than 100 years ago or 200 or 300. It's far more inclusionary, right? Used to be confined to a small socioeconomic elite, excluded almost everybody. Now it's extraordinarily inclusive. It's open to all. It's it's made made the participation rates. You know, Ontario I think leads the Western world in participation rate for post-secondary education, so colleges and universities. So, so it's changed in that dimension, but all for the good, making this incredible opportunity available to more people. But yeah, push back. Yeah, no, Do I... Do you have a different view? I, I'm not sure. I'm still trying to figure it out. I, so one of my, my past roles, I was the, uh, the president of the Students' Union McMaster. Uh, it's a McMaster Students' Union uh, during COVID-19. And, and similarly, for, for, uh, from what you, you said, uh, I think that these types of institutions probably mean something different to everybody, whether it's you know an international student coming in and you know uh, getting to know Canada, or it's like you said uh, a researcher that's trying to build their their innovative you know maybe spinoff um, to push forward COVID nineteen research uh, or or whatnot. Um, I'm not sure if the the fact that it has had that individual impact and probably also collective impact has changed. I feel like that's probably held steady through history. Like you said, the people that it's probably impacted uh, proportionally has probably changed a little bit as well. Like you said, it was probably uh, a smaller group of people that were impacted uh, very heavily in the, 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 you know, the formative early days of, of universities and society. And, and I got to imagine that uh, you know, as we as we look back, even over the past 40, 50, 60 years, it's probably changed a lot in terms of who uh, who is able to access these types of institutions uh, to engage in that kind of impact back and forth. Right. It's certainly changed in the dimension of who's able to participate as it's it's open to so many more people. Uh, but these timeless this timeless purpose and the importance of it it's, it is timeless. Yeah. It, it is timeless. And it, you know, it it, uh, it brings me to an another thought slash question, which is, you know, we can think about all these different ways that universities impact people in society. I think as society changes, we also see there is a bit of a different impact from society on universities and on these institutions. And you know, I, I sometimes like to think about universities as uh, institutions that are on the forefront of change. Sometimes you see big pushes, uh, whether they're revolutions or, or advocacy campaigns or research uh, pushes uh, in a, a direction into the future, almost like they're, they're, you know, the quarterback trying to look at where the arc of history should go in the future. And society's uh, taking a look at where that quarterback's going to throw the ball for where they should go and where they should run. Um, sometimes I think that it, it goes both ways a little bit too. I think universities sometimes uh, can be proactive and sometimes maybe a little bit reactive to to society and where it's at I think that's all I think that's all uh, all all correct and it should be uh, universities should create a forum for the debate of all subjects from all sides with real intensity and real real exploration and again there are people in our society outside and inside the university who sometimes want to shut that down um, it's critical it's central it is the 
essence of the place that have preserved the ability to challenge, to, cha to challenge the conventional, to challenge the received wisdom, to, cha to challenge the orthodoxy, and to contemplate alternatives and to debate them and argue them. That's you know it's fundamental to democracy that we have the universities as a safe place for doing exactly that. Safe doesn't mean necessarily an easy place, and it doesn't mean people don't get offended. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's not for the timid. Um, it, should, it should be robust, real engagement as members of the, of the university community to explore the very ideas uh, you're, you're talking about. So I agree, I, I agree with you, um, and it plays a profoundly important role Right? And, and, you know, the big changes in the world come from ideas. Right. I don't know. I, ideas, at the end of the day, ideas make a huge difference. And there's no place in our society anywhere close uh, to the university for generating new ideas, innovative ideas, rethinking old, 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 old paradigms and generating new paradigms. That's, that's the university at its best. Right. I, I agree, and, and that reminds me a lot of, I guess, what what the, the vision of Massey is as well. I think Massey's kind of like a, you know, an embodiment of that, people and ideas intersecting, challenging, um, maybe like a, a dominant narrative or, or such, or even just providing an opportunity for spillover effects of uh, people of different, you know, walks of life, research areas, programs, institutions to engage and, and uh, uh, see, see what we can do when we put different kinds of people in a room. Yeah, well, you know, Matt Massey is a jewel at the physical and intellectual heart of the University of Toronto. So you take Canada's preeminent university, it's extraordinary collect. You know, if you think about it, the men and women of the faculty of the University of Toronto today is the greatest collection of minds ever assembled in the history of Canada. You know, it's never been stronger, never better, never bigger. It's an extraordinary collection of people. From that incredible collection of people, <laughs> which, who attract an equally incredible group of students, Massey's able to take the very best of the faculty and the very best of the student body and put them together in a hothouse in the physical heart of the university in the incredible surroundings of Massey, the architectural gem, and say, let's go at it. Let's engage with each other. Let's, 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 let, 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 let's learn from each other across disciplines, across uh, geographic boundaries, across all the different dimensions that make up the diversity of, of Massey. It's fantastic. I was here for dinner at High Table the other night, and I'm with the first female corruption officer from Afghanistan, a lawyer, and also the first ombudsperson. I'm with a, I'm 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 with a graduate student in law. I'm with a graduate student in medicine. They were astonishingly interesting and engaged, and the conversation going back and forth. It was out of this world good, and that's the microcosm, right? That's yep. that's what Massey was created to do. That's what Massey does, I think, better than any other place. On the, on, the, on, the, on the campus and makes it such a privileged place to be a part of. Probably one of those things, uh, you know, I gotta believe uh, that, that saying, um, you know, you only, you only believe the value and you only realize the value in things once it's being pulled away from you. Um, you know, I think about something like COVID, I wasn't a junior fellow at Massey during COVID. I gotta believe, you know, the folks that are trying to, to keep these, these spaces alive, um, let alone the, the students and, and uh, the, the researchers and the visitors that are, are uh, engaging in it. Um, I gotta believe they, they were 
you know, feeling that as well, like, wow, we got to get back to this. Uh, and, but I, I think that even beforehand and afterwards, you know, uh, people feel the value of Massey. I don't think you need to, to have a pandemic try and pull away those connections in that space for people to realize the value of yeah. a place like this. It's very, it's very special. Anybody who experiences yeah. it knows just how special uh, it is. It's not to say there aren't all kinds of other pockets around the university. I take the law school. I spent 25 years of my life at the law school. It was a, what more because of students for 28 years of association with the law school. Um, and the law schools got the same incredible collection of faculty members, of students from across Canada and beyond, uh, from all kinds of different disciplines, then drawn to, drawn to law. Hugely, talent, hugely talented students, very interdisciplinary in the faculty and, and the student body, uh, intense engagement and discussion, and that's the very nature of law. So Massey doesn't have a monopoly on this. Massey does it so beautifully in the special physical setting. Um, but you know the university replicates these experiences. The Monk School, where you're a student, it's doing that, right? Monk attracts students with all sorts of different backgrounds, a yep. chemistry background like you, or a business background, an engineering background, a, a literature background, and puts you all together in, 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 in classes and outside in classes. And same thing, right? Yep. So this, this is the University of Toronto. This is what makes it a truly incredible place creating, you know, there are over 500,000 living graduates of the University of Toronto. Think of that. 500,000 people who have come through here and become, had the benefit of this and are out making their contributions in Canada and around the world. It's pretty amazing. And do you, do you feel that your understanding of specifically the University of Toronto's impact on, on individuals but also on community, on, on cities internationally, I got to believe you you had a sense of that going into your role as president of the University of Toronto probably probably felt way more appreciative as you started to talk to students talk to sit in on on meetings and things like that so uh, from you know before where you had a, a certain idea of the impact of the University of Toronto to during and afterwards uh, how did how did that uh, change at, at all in your head or in your mind of, of how you saw it that's an inter it's interesting for me because you know, I am a product of the University of Toronto. My father brought me to Canada as a child when he was appointed to the University of Toronto. I learned to swim at Hardhouse Pool as a young boy. I learned to skate at Varsity Arena when it used to be family skating at Varsity Arena. I met, I, I met, my, I met my wife on my first day as a student at University of Toronto. I, most of my best friends are members of the University of Toronto, were students or faculty members. So, from a very young age, University of Toronto, its impact has been real in my life. It's made possible everything in my life, literally from my earliest days as a Canadian to, to, to through to today. Um, so, I was pretty aware of how impactful the university was, which is one of the reasons I was keen, if given the opportunity, to run to, to be the president of the university, knowing that we could. Advancing the University of Toronto is to advance the public interest and is to advance the public good and to do so with scale, with real leverage because the university is really large. So take nothing away from the other great universities in North America. 
but there's something value added in the fact the University of Toronto is bigger than all of them. Okay, so you know it's it's sort of three times the size of Harvard or Yale or Stanford. They are magnificent institutions, but we do the same thing. You know, we're 18th highest ranked university in the world. We're the second highest ranked public university in North America, and we do it at a scale that no other among the top universities in the world try to do. So we do it. We do. We 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 do it as a public university, and we do it at a scale not replicated by any of the other institutions. Even the very even the big ones in Ohio State or Michigan, those places are big, but they're not as big as U of T. So we're having a, an impact of scale. So to have a chance to lead that institution and have that impact, I was aware of the impact. The privilege was having a chance to advance the place and to make sure that impact was ever better and ever it created ever more possibility for ever more people as they came through. That, that was that was the real appreciation for me of, of ra rather than coming to a different view about the nature of its impact. It was. It was it was, a knowledge certain, by the time I became president, a knowledge certain that the place was hugely impactful, and then trying to see could we you know unite people and advance even further and invite the alumni to be a a rich part of it and to support the ambitions of our faculty and our students. You clearly had very big ambitions for the university, <laughs> and I'd say a lot of them were were hit. Were there any dreams that you had for the university that? That you still would love to see, you know, it, it, we can always aim for for the top public university in the world or or, or whatnot, or top research. Uh, you know, small thing or big thing, anything that you're like, man, this would be awesome. Wish we hit this, or or I'd love to see this happen. Well, to be clear, the University of Toronto is better today than what than it was when I left 22 years ago. Okay, so the university trajectory has been nothing but positive, and I salute. Uh, the everybody in the university for what's happened over the last 22 years since I since I had a hand in its in its leadership, um, you know, I, a great university like Toronto is always becoming. It's all it, it's always evolving. It's always taking new initiative. That again, that's the nature, the organic nature of it. So, I don't have a particular unfulfilled dream. I wish we could persuade our national and provincial governments uh, to provide more resources because every dollar that's spent has a very high rate of return. Every, every, every investment in the university pays a dividend multiples of, of the expenditure. Um, I wish the university had even more freedom to experiment for example, with tuition policy and tuition policy and financial aid policy, it's very it's very regulated. I wish it were less regulated. I wish we had more investment in research, fundamental research in all the disciplines of the university. So there are lots of things I've been an advocate for, um, but it's a very unfulfilled promise. Um, uh, uh, but but the university keeps doing. Take your school. Take the Monk School. The uh, the, the the Monk School. Uh, was an idea that that uh, my predecessor had. He shared with me on a we went skiing together and we talked about a lot of things. Just when I was taking over, and he described to me uh, how we were 
underperforming in bringing together all the different international dimensions of what we did as a university. Um, had a benefactor, Mr. Monk, who was interested in helping the university and was prepared to get behind. He was a globalist himself, so he was prepared to get behind the idea. Professor Janice Stein was prepared to lead the effort and give Janice, give Janice take an idea and give Janice some money, give a building, uh, and say, go for it, you know, 25 years, 27 years later, look what's being created. Same with the School of Public Policy, now merged in. So these are all things that didn't exist back before I, when, you know, when I started as president, there was no Monk School, there was no School of Public Policy. Look what we have now, but faculty after faculty has changed and redefined itself and imagined as they will keep doing. So for me, it's not, for me, the, the, great, the greatest pleasure is seeing the University of Toronto today is the best it's ever been today. It's not a sense of regret that we didn't get to this level when I was doing my part. I was hoping to do my part, but it's, it's out of this world rewarding to see how strong and vital it is, never never better than it, than it is today. It's also, uh, just hearing you kind of talk about this as well, it, it, it adds a little bit of, uh, of, of, of optimism, I guess, uh, as I think about the future too, in terms of, you know, universities are intertwined, it seems, in every which way with, with our lives, whether we know it or not. And the fact that it's it's improving every year. I don't think it's the uh, I don't think it's the, the the doing of any one person. Exactly. It's uh, you know it's it's all the students, the faculty, the staff, uh, everyone on, on on every little team of the tri campus, yeah. you know. And the fact that this is is such an institution in itself, I got to believe that it's going to continue to evolve over the next you, twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred years. You're exactly right, and it's why it's because of the timeless purpose. To come back to where we started, it's the timeless and compelling purpose, which attracts the men and women of the university, students and faculty and staff together, and it's that people in the environments we create that allow the innovation, the experimentation, the advancing, um, uh, and it it talk about a team sport. You know, it's it it. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of teams uh, um, uh, as, par as part of it. And what makes a university like Toronto so special is in its scale, in its size, its multiple campuses, it makes possible so many different things, right? It, yeah. it, it, it's there. You can find people of common interest and common cause who want to explore things no matter what the issue is. Any issue known to civilization, you can find people at the University of Toronto would like to join with you in exploring it. And that's in part a function from our scale. People often th used to think the University of Toronto was too big and stood in the way of, of greatness. Mm. I've come very much to the view that the scale and scope of the university is inherent to its greatness um, because it makes possible so many things that aren't possible right. in places of, of, of lesser scale. So no, I'm totally optimistic uh, about, about, about the future of not just this university, but the cause of higher education because it's at the, it's at the very heart of what makes for a strong liberal democratic society yep. and, and allows for the fullest possible self-realization by each member 
of the community. Right? So how much of your presidency would you say was leading and, and visionary versus getting out of the way, letting, <laughs> letting, people, letting people do what they know how to do best? Rob Pritchard is no visionary, I can assure <laughs> you that. Uh, uh, nothing not would be more distant. Um, you know, one of the lessons I try to give people is um, when you have the privilege of leadership is when people come in to see you with an idea, first word out of your mouth and the response should always be yes. Uh, it should always be good idea. Yes, let's do it. You may then work with them and help them think through, have they got it quite right and is there a twist on it? Is going to be reshaped or whatever? But the first answer should be yes because most of the time it'll be a good if someone wants to lead it, someone makes it happen. So. Um, is it getting out of the way? Is it being a facilitator? Is it is it being a promoter and an encourager? Uh, lifting, you know, if you can lift people's sights and lift their spirits, um, there's no end to what people uh, will do. And we see it every day on this campus, and I had the privilege of seeing it every day for, for, t for 10 years of just how much extraordinary leadership there is. It's, they're not centralized institutions, right? Leadership and authority is highly decentralized in the university, which is is the strength. The more hierarchical an institution, the less capacity, in my view, for innovation right. and leadership. The more you d you you spread the shoulders of leadership across hundreds or thousands of people, the more the more is made possible. Right. And so the more agency you give people in a collaborative effort, the more you're going to build up these ideas, let them bubble up to the top, exactly. and see, see the rewards so from them. If, you if, you, if we relied on Rob Pritchard's ideas, we'd be a very <laughs> impoverished institution. Um, a very <laughs> impoverished institution. And I'd also have to be self-deprecating. Yep. I'm just like, there, there's a limit to the imagination of anybody, much less limits to my imagination. Uh, but there is virtually no limit to the imagination of the people of the University of including our graduates, including people outside the university who come to the university it propose ideas and come saying, what about this or what about that? That's also, so it's not confined just to our membership, right? It's, to, it's, the, it's that dialogue between the broader community and the university that also um, incur encourages all sorts of ideas and innovation. Awesome, thank you very much, Rob, for taking the time to speak with me. I'm speaking today with Rob Pritchard, the visitor of Massey College and former president of the University of Toronto. I'm John Carlo DeRay, and you've been listening to the JCR, which is a production of the Junior Fellows at Massey College. Thanks for listening.